Oh, hang on a second. Let's change that beat up. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look at the five and ten It's glistening that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is another episode of What the Football Podcast, and it is your Christmas special. We've got everybody back, Rudd's wearing his Christmas hat, Wade looking like Father Christmas with his big white beard, and of course, your host, Conway T. Well, he's just looking like Conway T, to be honest with you, nothing exciting at all. But we had numerous postponements over this last weekend, and we're back with four games to review and look at. Of course, we had the results early on Saturday morning with Arsenal beating... Who was it that Arsenal beat, Wade? I can't remember. I know you'll remember because they beat them 4-1. Was it Liverpool? Was it Liverpool? Of course it was. No, it was not. (laughs) It was Bielsa's Leeds United, who are a bit hapless at the moment and, of course, lost 4-1 to the mighty Gooners, who now move into that coveted fourth spot. We also had the results of Manchester City making rather easy work of the Geordies who looked destined for the drop. And there was more drop points by Chelsea as they drew a blank against Wolves, drawing 0-0 down at Molyneux. And of course, the much anticipated and what ended up being a quite exciting game between Tottenham and Liverpool with a plenty of controversy. So, gents, how are you? Welcome back. Another episode. It's almost Christmas. What can we say? It's happening, gents. Yeah, look, I was half expecting to play Mariah Carey there. So, um, <laughs> it, was a, it was a change of, I'm sick of that number. I'm also you know, this time of year, they play that number until it's dead. Well, wherever I go, that's what I hear. But, hey, I <laughs> can't wait for my team to start playing again. I'm coming on the show this time again without any drop points. Uh, so... Not a good week, um, but uh, I want to watch my team play now. Yeah, it's a bit crazy at the minute, Wade. Games getting postponed left, right and centre. Um, but at least our team's got to play, so we we got a bit of Christmas cheer, I suppose, in seeing our teams play. And of course, Arsenal winning 4-1 at, the, at Leeds United. Yeah, it was good uh, that those games didn't get postponed. I was worried there for a sec that, uh, you know, things were starting to look a bit bleak, but... Uh, good way to kick off the the weekend with Arsenal winning at Leeds, um, albeit a depleted Leeds side, but still a very good performance. Um, you know, momentum is key going into this busy period now. So the more wins we can notch up, we go away, we go away to Carrow Road next, I believe. So, you know, another game where we should get three points before we uh, we play City and Tottenham early in Jan. So it's all about momentum right now. So it was good to kick the weekend off with the 4-1 win. Well, Wade, we might start with you. I mean, what a, what a result for Arsenal. Look, Leeds are die at the minute. Probably anybody can roll up there and win. But let's not, uh, let's not lose, um, you know, sight of the fact that your captain has been stripped of his captaincy, given a bit of a ban for misbehavior. He's been put in the naughty corner. Mr. Obama Yang, and um, in steps uh, Martinelli. Is it goodbye, Bama? And hello, Mr. Martinelli. What, what do you make of the whole saga playing out at, at Arsenal? You know, uh, Gabby had a, an excellent start um, to life at Arsenal. It's just unfortunate. He's had a few 
serious injuries that have probably hampered his progress a bit. Um, and I think one of the uh, one of the things that Mikel said about him and why he's kind of eased him back into things is because Gabby used to always play at 100 miles per hour. You know, he didn't, he wasn't able to switch gears, you know, and it was interesting listening to some of Mikel's comments this year because you can see it now. He The, the timing of his runs, um, you know, the way he switches things up, he keeps defenders guessing. He's always had that composure in front of goal, which is probably most impressive as a young player, um, you know, to get through, to get the opportunity and then to compose yourself and finish. So, um, he's definitely going to make it hard for Ober to come back. I mean, Ober's been a passenger now for a while. It hasn't just been this year. You know, for much of last year as well, he, his form wasn't good. So um, I've always said that Lucker plays best in this lineup as well because his link-up play is far superior to Ober's. Uh, he gets the young guys involved. They all run off him and, and things seem to flow more when we've got that link-up man up top. So Ober doesn't give us that, unfortunately. And if he's not scoring goals, he's a passenger. So it's a it's a rough road ahead for him, by the looks of it. Yeah, and I mean, look, I don't wanna I don't wanna talk about it now, Rads, but there was a there was a, a, a you know there were plenty of con- considering there were only four games this weekend, there were a number of controversial incidents that happened across a few of those games. One of them being in Arsenal, and you know I want to get to that those points later in our uh, analysis corner, and we will focus a little bit on on VAR, but. What did you make of Arsenal's performance as a United supporter? Obviously, you haven't played for a while now. Um, Arsenal have now taken control a, a bit, I guess, of that fourth spot. They always say it's better to have points on the board. What do you make of the current form of Arsenal? And, and can they push you, push you? I say push you all the way in the sense that United were touted as, as being up there. But do you think they're a real realistic contender now for the four? It's hard to say they're not when they're sitting in fourth spot. But I actually don't think so. I think... Um, <clears throat> I think it's it's a it's one of those where it's dangerous for Arsenal supporters to now start expecting top four. I think if they finish in the top six, it's a good season for them. If you now start putting their, an expectation that they should be top four, they're favourites for the top four, um, you know, this is what they need to achieve. And if they don't get that, then you're going to get these guys saying, Arteta's not good enough for the club, he's got to go. So you've got to really be realistic in terms of where you are, what you're competing with. I actually think the more realistic... And things can change very quick in football. But I actually think the tighter competition is Spurs. I was very impressed with Conte Spurs against Liverpool. I do, I did think that the longer break he had without playing, the more he'll get the team to 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 his tune, and the more closer it gets to him bringing one or two players in the January transfer window, which he will. So I think Spurs will be one of those that would really push that fourth spot. Um, Conte is an, an elite manager. We we all know that. We've all said this before. Um, so I think that top four for Spurs is, is a real challenge. So I, I think for as a United supporter, that's the one that really scares me. Arsenal are doing well in the top four. Yeah. Um, and the longer they stay there, the more they get the belief. And um, the more they get the belief, the, more, the harder again they make it for the rest. So um, it's it's a good race for, the, for that fourth spot. Would you concur with that, Wade? Do you think Spurs slightly ahead because of the, the pedigree of manager they have in charge? I must say, having watched the Liverpool-Spurs game, that was the most, how do I say it? That was the most organized and structured and actual... Spurs had a plan, a clear plan. And to some degree, they probably should have been up in that game, probably two or three by half time. to be fair. But uh, do you think that having someone like Conte there has put... Put Spurs firmly in in that top four talk, Wade. 
I'll be honest. Um, this was the first time that I, I'd say, right, I can see this team has improved now under Conte. This was the first game because the the previous three or four games that they played under him, I, I hadn't seen too much improvement, to be honest. But in saying that, I'm a little bit hesitant to go overboard and say, yeah, he's 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 worked, he's sort of fixed them at this point because it was a Liverpool team without Van Dijk, who for me is transformational when he plays. They also didn't have Fabinho, Thiago, Henderson. It was a, cl- a completely revamped midfield, you know. So Fabinho breaks up play so much. He's you, you don't really he's he doesn't come up in the stats, you know. But when he he's one of those players when he doesn't play, you notice it because Liverpool at times defensively were shambolic. I thought it was just one ball over the top, and Spurs were in, you know. And you're thinking, what's going on? Even um. Even Kane's first goal, there was so much space between Kanate and Kane. And he's like watching him and you can see the space there. Like you have to get tighter to him. And he just gives him that gap and he's in. Kane just needs that one chance. So I'm a little bit hesitant to say, yes, Conte's fixed him. But that the Conte factor alone makes them a threat for top four. There's no doubt about it. I mean, how much he's improved them, I still need to see a bit more before I can say, all right, yeah, this team is the real deal. But... That was definitely the most impressive they've looked under Conte, that's for sure. Look, Rods, and I think Wade has raised some valid points there. You know, Liverpool were completely depleted in midfield, when you think about it, if you're trying to compare the two teams. Having said that, Spurs hadn't played in a few weeks. I still think they put up a very solid performance, and they looked like they actually had a plan, which is something I haven't seen in Spurs for a very long time. They were probably deserving of, of, of maybe edging it at the end, um, and we'll go into the controversies later, just purely on the gameplay and the ch- and the clear chances they created. But he does raise valid points. You know, you look at Liverpool's midfield, Tyler Morton, some kid you've probably never heard of if you're not a Liverpool supporter, right? Um, Naby Keita, Mr. Injury Prone, and of course, 150-year-old James Mulder in the middle of the park starting. So, you know, you have no midfield effectively and it showed in the game because, you know, Spurs, I think, probably dominated that midfield. Um, and then, of course, the back line with Matip and Kanate still, especially Kanate still learning his trade. Are we maybe, do you think we're getting a bit of a hit ourselves of, of Kante? Or do you believe he's just, he's onto something here? Look, I, I, Liverpool definitely do miss Van Dijk and Fabinho. I give, I give you that, those two. But I will say, I think Liverpool are a system-based team. I think they've been that good when, without those big stars. Even you played against AC Milan with the second-string team, the way you play is because of that system and, and the pushing up high, the fullbacks all the way up high the, on, on on the pitch, pissing the team quite deep. I think what Spurs did is they had a plan to counter that. And some and I think that's what worked well. And that's where you see a manager tactically doing what he's meant to do to see how he can best get a result against against a, a top team. So Spurs didn't outplay y'all in terms of playing out the park, in terms of on, on the ball. And what they did do was was on the counter, they were deadly. And they should have had three or four goals in the first half on the counter. And the way they played on the counter, I don't think the personnel makes as much of a difference um, to to what we... I suppose Fabinho could break that play up. Um, and Van Dijk, maybe the ball's not, not as much getting in behind. But that was going to be a clear tactic. doesn't matter who was playing in the field. So I think that's something you can appreciate in terms of the tactical side and the tactical analysis of, of Conte. 
Look, yeah, and I think it's fair, you know, with, with Liverpool, we, we saw last year, well, last year, before Van Dijk's injury, I will write off the rest of the year and say, you know, no club in the world is surviving with not a single centre-back for an entire season. But Villa beat Liverpool with Van Dijk 7-2. Um, now, you may say the keeper was different back then. Liverpool's clear weakness is the quick counter over the top because of the fact that our wing-backs push up so our left and right back, should I say, push up so far up, we do leave ourselves exposed. And the amount of times I saw a two-on-two or three-on-two with Spurs was exactly that. And I think it's having somebody like Antonio Conte at the helm that sees that so clearly and sets up a game plan to play against that. Because whether we have Fabinho or Van Dijk or whatever, we are still susceptible to the same thing. Brentford did it to us at the start of the season. There's a specific weakness within the Liverpool team, and if you can if you can exploit it to its maximum, you can actually catch them out a, a few times. And I mean, I've seen it firsthand. So you know, you know, plaudits to Spurs again. Hungry, hadn't played in two weeks, probably uh, a little bit extra. You know, we'll get onto it about Harry Kane's tackle, but you could see the fire within the team. They were flying into everything all over the park, kind of thing. So a great game, great advertisement again for the Premier League and. Um, you know, in the end, a fair result. But I want to divert and go to the next title challenger. Of course, uh, more focused, you know, probably expected City to steamroll over, over Newcastle, so not much to talk about there. But Chelsea, guys, what, what is it? I want to put it out there and say, is it a two-horse race? Are Chelsea showing the... the oh, should I rephrase that? Are Liverpool and City showing exactly what it takes to actually compete um, for the title? And are Chelsea now just that team that just don't have the legs to sustain a, a reasonable title challenge? Rudds, what, what do you think? Things changed very quickly. Two weeks ago, Chelsea were top of the league and they were looking like a machine. And I think Liverpool or City could have a, a bad run of one or two games. Uh, and this is where they find themselves, Chelsea. They don't seem to, to have that killer instinct in the team anymore. And I know they've got players out, and I know Lukaku's out, and he's also out of form. Um, they've been relying on players like Mason Mount. So the pressure's starting to build, and as the pressure builds, as we become more desperate for these wins, sometimes they become harder to get because they had lots of chances against Wolves again. They, you know, those numbers in terms of chance creation are, are similar to what we've seen in the past where they've not taken those points, even against United and against Burnley. So <laughs> it's one of those where... The longer it goes, um, the more points they may drop. But I think it's still tight. I think it's too early to say they're out of the race just yet, th- especially when you're coming into this busy period. With with the amount of games that are going to come and with the squads that are going to be depleted as they're going to continue to play, um, Liverpool could drop points. City could drop points. I don't think it's, it's unreasonable to think they could. Um, let's see. I'll still keep them in there just, just for now. Let's wait until... Till mid Jan, before we make a call on Chelsea being in or out. Wade, what do you make of it? I mean, you called it, you know, at the start of the season, you kind of said Liverpool first, Man City second. Is this is this the reality of Chelsea? You know, they, I know they won the European Cup and we've discussed it before. There is a difference winning that competition to a 38 game, you know, season, especially especially with the level that Manchester City and Liverpool have kind of set over the last four years. Um, in your mind, is, is 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 Chelsea kind of 
you don't see there being them, uh, sorry, pushing all the way and, and this is just the reality of where they're at? Or do you think they will be in and amongst it right un- right until, up, you know, sort of that last last couple of games? What do you make of the whole thing at Chelsea? I mean, I, I do agree with Rudd. It's still way too early, you know, to, to write them off completely. I mean, I've always viewed them as an outside shot anyway. Um, I've always thought City, what we've seen City and Liverpool doing in the past is when the pressure's on, they keep winning, you know? I mean, that's, uh, that 100-point season uh, is a good example of that. So if, if those, two, those two teams can stay fit, you know, for me, they're still just a, a couple of gears ahead of Chelsea. Um, I'm not going to say Chelsea won't be there or thereabouts, um, but I'm not surprised with where they are now. I've always thought they're the third best team in the league. And I think they look like that at the moment, you know. Defensively, they've been sound all season. But there's just been something about their attack. It just It's not as fluid as, it's not as, fluid as Liverpool's and City's attack when they're in full flow. It kind of seems like it's still a bit of a work in progress. And I think you can tell with how much Tuchel changes his combinations up front. He hasn't got that settled front line, you know, that he can depend on week in, week out. So I think defensively, they're always good. But... Going forward, I just think City and Liverpool have that edge on them. So I won't write them off yet, but for me, I still think they'll probably finish third. Yeah, look, I, yeah, fair, fair assessment, and I think it remains to be seen. We'll probably see a lot of uh, a lot of stuff unfold as the the effect of COVID on on teams has. You know, Chelsea effectively had eight players out that game, um, and many would say, well, they've got enough depth and they can play on and and so forth. But I think over this Christmas period and, and New Year period, we're going to see a lot of changes to teams. You know, there's four games. Some teams like Liverpool and Arsenal, are, I'm not sure what Chelsea are just, I think they are, but they're still involved in the in the League Cup with games coming up in the midweek. So it'll be very interesting. That's four games in like almost 10 days. It's a, it's a lot of football. So um, it remains to be seen what will unfold and it will obviously have a massive impact on, on the outcome of the league and African nations, of course, coming up as well. So it's a very interesting time indeed. But I guess we're going to shift gears, gents, and we're going to you know, go over to our analysis corner and kind of you know, talk about some of the things that have occurred in the last few games, um, specifically over the weekend. Um, one more time, just for the fans. They love that one. Um, and just really talk about some of the controversies that happened. And, of course, that friend of ours, uh, Wade, has come back. You know, VAR and the refs and the, the the conversations we've had offline. And, you know, Rudd, you caught me at a time there when I was ready to rip someone's head off, to be honest with you. So, I don't even think I was reading messages at that stage. I was... I was just, <laughs> I was just, I was so The phone so was taking a pounding. My the port, phone must have oh, been taking a pounding, huh? <laughs> listen, I can tell you at that stage, you know, getting the kids ready for school and everything happening. Rudd's is telling me about he understands this. And I, all I could see was <laughs> what kind of idiot cannot see that that is a red card, even though he said it was a red card. It's, look, let, let's just get back to it. There was a lot of controversial decisions. We'll start with, I guess there was the tackle from Xhaka um, on Rafinha in the Leeds game um, that, that got overlooked. You know, we shift over to the Liverpool game. 
I mean, it was loaded with controversy, gents. And I might play a little snippet of it to, to, to give a bit of an introduction to today's show. But uh, it's Jamie Carragher talking about VAR. Um, and we might just sit back and listen to what he has to say. We've come away from that, thankfully. But we're now to the stage where you almost think, what's the point of VAR in these penalties? We saw one today with uh, Newcastle and one today where it's... It's a blatant penalty. Now, people complain about VAR. It's not VAR. It's who's controlling VAR. So we look at the referee today and say, not good enough. Chris Kavanagh is on VAR today. There has to be a penalty. And Harry Kane has to be a red card. Let's so the penalty first, then. We, we t- So, I mean, Rads, you, you, you're you obviously very vocal on this point and, yeah. you know, some of the changes that have been made from last season. I just want to make it for our listeners very clear. Last season, there was a clear, clear thing that we saw where we actually all sat back as fans and went, man, VAR is making a lot of decisions here. And the ref is actually almost a non-entity in some decisions. Um, whereas this season, it seems like there's a complete revert back to the ref and VAR is kind of taking a back step. What do you make of the whole situation and specifically looking at that, you know, the Kane incident and, of course, the penalty and, of course, the Robbo red card, especially with that Spurs game. What do you make of the whole thing and how, how do you explain it all? Yeah, look, Jamie Carragher is a very smart individual because I think he echoed exactly what I said to you, Connell. I think last season it was actually the other extreme where there were too many pauses in the game. They were using VAR to re-ref the game. And it was a clear change of direction for them to say, we're not going to do this this year. We're going to stick with the referee as much as we can unless the referee has categorically made a wrong decision. So, But how the hell can you say that? No, that the Kane tackle was categorically a wrong decision. So, so if you, There's any, no two ways about it. And, and it's okay for us to, to all think that. But for them, the way they operate with VRRs, if they think there's any subjectivity to it. So if you've heard the explanation to it, they've said because Robertson was jumping and because of the speed of the tackle and what it was. What speed? Wait, come on. Did you see Harry Kane was running at 100 miles an hour in that tackle? How that, what speed? What they are making a load of bullshit as far as I'm concerned. Well, whatever it may be. So they've got an expression to say, look, um, we stick by the referee. It wasn't a mistake. There wasn't enough for them there to say it wasn't. I said to you, I thought it was a red card. I thought it was. I think the problem, and I said this to you from the first show we did, the problem they've got is they've raised this bar for what they want to do in terms of um, allowing physicality in the game. So what, is that, what does that bar let me tell you. Let me tell you what this is. Paul Pogba got sent off for the same tackle. Frenchman. Granit Xhaka got sent off against Manchester City. Swiss. Harry Kane. Oh, hang on. English. I think it's 100% feasible. English. Captain. Come on. Even even, even Danny Murphy on freaking TalkSport 
said that he even said it. He's an ex-player. He said, listen, certain players get away. But he said, no, but he was talking in general. He said, certain players get away with certain things because of who they are. There is no two ways about it, man. You, wait, I want you and, to chime the, in. I want you to chime in. What do you yeah. think of that Harry Kane tackle? It's No, it's a good point that you make. Oh, it's a definite red, and it's a clear error from the ref. There's no two ways about that. So, right? clear error from the ref. How is VAR not intervening? How yeah, is VAR it, not intervening? The whole thing is a farce. Yeah. The whole thing is a farce. But I just just, just, to, just before you trap in, sorry, Rods, Um, Just when you said that, you know, certain players get special treatment, the reverse is true as well. Certain players are targeted more. Correct. If Shaka had to make that tackle he's, that Kane yeah. did, he's oh, off. He's off. There's no two or ways Pogba. about it. He's no, off. Or Pogba. Right. So, and this is the thing, right? We can talk about technology till we're blue in the face, gents. As long as there's a human making the decision, yeah. it's always yeah. going to be a so debate. You know? and, and that therein lies the problem for me is they are not good enough. The officiating is... Someone was telling me like even the Australian league, the A League, the officiating is so much better. Yeah. Because you hardly see the way they've the way they've utilized VAR in Australia is brilliant. There's transparency, um, you know, and they get to the right decision and it's like everyone can see how they've got to that conclusion. Yeah. I think a big part of the problem, sorry, Rads, a big part of the problem the is you can't hear the discussion going on. So we're yeah. puzzling. We're we like, what are, what are these guys talking? What are you seeing? What, yeah. You know what I mean? They're trying to protect the referees because they are. They are trying to protect they, the referees. They are too much. And That's think, rubbish, though. It, it needs to be transparency now, actually, though, Rads. You know yeah, what I mean? I actually think this, this whole issue with the game on Liverpool is less of a VAR issue. It's more of a referee in Paul Tierney who's not oh, at the yeah, right standard. 100%. Because even yeah. if, if they had a discussion, and he's made explanations to Klopp as well, look at the penalty. He said, in my I view... I mean, listen to that. It, listen to that explanation view, on the penalty. In my view, he stopped um, in terms of enticing the contact and he's gone down, Right. So what a load of shit! It is a load of shit. Right? It's a load of shit. You right? know but, the guy has to stop to take his shot. But, but then if you look at VAR yeah, saying to you, himself. saying to the ref, "What did you see? Why didn't you call it?" Because he's because I, I think he was stopping and slowing down, and he was enticing it. So now it's VAR. You can't say. But why? I, this I is my that, question. That's not the case. Well, hang on. My question is: Why can? What the hell is the point of VAR if they can't say? I I really think you should relook at that situation. Yeah. In a different light. So like, all, all they're doing is they're listening to him. They're wrong. saying, okay, yeah. is there enough in terms of what he said that, that, that can we prove anything of what he's just told us that he saw that that is in there? And if, the, and if it yeah. is, then it's okay. Like even with the Kane one, yeah. uh, it was a rough tackle, it was a yellow card, but Robertson was jumping and speed intensity. is like, is there enough for me to say he's made the wrong call? No. So as long as I can back the ref in whatever... But that's not how it should be worked. There needs to be someone independent to yeah. say that yeah. is, that's a wrong call, um, and yeah. have another look. But the referee standard, a couple of the referee standard yeah. is not good. And I've said this from I've been saying it all the time. You have, you the have. Consistency I will give you that. Is crap yeah. across the board. It's bad. Yeah. So yeah. the way they use VAR, okay, it's okay for for all of it. But what it does mean is that <laughs> when whenever there's going to be a VAR um, decision, the whole thing is optics. If they go into the screen. It's, it's because they are changing their decision. Yeah, 100%. that's another thing that well, that's, pisses that's me off. Thing. I just want to say the that's moment, another thing that really yeah. gets under my skin because <laughs> the minute the ref goes to the yeah. screen, it's almost a they foregone conclusion. He's going to change his they thing. It's like, it. come They're on, bro. What's the, the point? Just tell him to change yeah. it. Just say change it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, look that, at the Robo. The, the moment, the moment, the moment I saw them say Robo, like they went to that the, the screen after he gave the yellow you card. Knew. I knew he's, he's off. The There's no way he's yeah. coming back. Yeah. Irrespective yeah. of what you think of the tackle. Now, personally, and this is honestly not biased, I don't care. Robo, yes, deserved the red. I think the Kane tackle is worse than the Robo one. That's much worse. Because the it's Robo one, worse. Uh, no, worse. but Rides, I know you, you're laughing. Come on, bro. The man is studs up straight on yeah. a player's yeah. leg. Robo's one, cards. how many? I think they're both red cards. I think Kane's I, I, I said, yeah. I said, hang on, don't, don't, para- I said, Robo's one is a red. I, know, I, I said, know. I think, I, I, mean, I think the other say, one is I'm worse. Which one, yeah. which one of the two is a leg breaker? Yeah, Kane's is a leg breaker. I just think, that's a leg breaker. Robo's one, one is just is a more, stupid tackle. I think Robo's, Robo's one is... It's more petulant. So Kane, it's petulant. So Kane was late and high. He did go for the ball. Robertson, however, was very clever in terms of lifting the ball over because if he didn't, he was getting him and the ball. He was getting the ball first in the player, right? So yeah. if you watch it clearly, um, he's pretty skillful the way he's done it. As Kane's coming, he's just a little dink of the ball. That also protects him because he's jumping. Um, but it's also about just getting the ball away from him. So there was genuine, general, genuine intent for the ball, whereas I think Robo's one, and, and that doesn't matter with intent, right? I, don't, I know there's no intent. I, intent. I know it doesn't matter. Irrespective, but, but I, I just think yeah. Robo's was just a little bit more malicious. He, he went for him, like yeah. well, I, you know, when I watch the Robo one, I, I think I honestly think that the defender was clever because what he's done there is the ball is just there to be won. Robo, I think, decided, you know what, I'm putting this ball into row Z yeah. to really get through. But the, the line is so small. You can do, I know I've done that as a player. You're like, I'm going to just boot the living yeah. crap out of this ball. Yeah. I need the ball first, but then I'm going to take the player second, yeah. get a yellow card, fair enough. <laughs> Unfortunately, that defender, whoever, I can't remember, Emerson, I think it was Royal. Emerson, Royal. was, was yeah. so smart. He saw it coming. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, we yeah. played football. <laughs> he saw it coming and he chucked his leg there just in time. Yeah. And Robo cleaned him up. Yeah. Robo's not a dirty old He was frustrated, but he wanted to make it. He probably wanted to hit a fan in the head, if you ask me. Yeah, but I think that I think you know, he wanted to yeah. take him and the ball. Ball first. So I, I disagree in the sense that he wanted to just boot the man. I think he wanted to boot the ball yeah. and the man, but it ended up just being the man. It yeah. deserved red. Yeah. I'm not arguing yeah. that. I just can't understand how I can't understand. And if you, I say, I remember in our conversation, if you look at where Paul Tyranny was, his view of that incident, there was no one blocking him. Yeah. It was a clear he view. Saw it. He yeah. saw so it. The, your argument yeah. about, oh, he's gone and he said, this is what I think. VAR have obviously gone to him in that instance and said, dude, I think you should have another look. Yeah. So why the flip in hell did they not do it in a blatant right. penalty? Yeah. And the red card for Kane. Yeah. So, in in the heat of the moment, when the game's going 100 miles an hour, they don't want to stop the game. So it, it, No, it's because Harry Kane is England's captain. Yeah, of and course. That's why. Of course. And that's why the, the, that's the initial decision. Harry Kane's captain, yellow card. That's what, if it was someone else, he gives a red. But I'm saying in terms of once that's given, VAR's looked at it. They look at the back end. They don't want to be keep, keep stopping this play. And that's why they've gone and backed the referee. They need to have a look at VAR on how they're using it and what they're using it for. Yeah. Um, and look, it's be... a tricky one, gents. It is a tricky one. Yeah. Because we, 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 we complained last year and I was the times. first to say, this. Yeah. what the hell? Why, why have a ref? I remember saying it. Yeah. Why have a ref? Just get VAR to do yeah. everything. But the reality is, Wade, you said it. A human being is going to make mistakes. Yeah. 
Yeah. And we, we yeah. kind of have to accept that. Yeah, and, right? we, and yeah. we do accept So I do think it's uh, this getting overblown to the point where it's two, 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 two causes got wrong in the game, right? And two big calls, but it's not, Massive un, calls. not unusual yeah. for these calls I to be wrong the in the game, right? So mm. just before that, the Newcastle and, and Man City game, how was that not a penalty? They always cleaned up mm. a player, nowhere near the ball. The player's got eyes on the ball only. He hasn't dived. The keeper's taking him yeah. out. doesn't matter if he's got the ball or not. It's a foul and it's got to be a penalty. So that was just a few hours before. Liverpool on the other side of, of, of a call um, early on in the week as well. And I don't want to be controversial here, but there's a head injury. The ball's gone out. It wasn't back there's in no, danger. There's no head injury, just quietly. Well, there's no there was head enough, injury. There was enough time for Mike was, Dean to... There was no head injury. There that There was no... Go and there was no head injury. No, no. That was a player. That was a player. Let me tell you the context of that game. Liverpool were literally in those last three or four minutes all over Newcastle. That player and those two, there is no head injury, Rads. Go watch that thing slowly. That man went down and play acted. And I actually think in those situations, the ref should, I cannot stand, just like that, that uh, Paul, uh, when you guys got scored on with David De Gea. To me, I think the refs were excellent in those moments. Nah, Excellent. I see a little bit different. I think I think Mike Dean should have no. blew, blew the room. Like because the ball was going out of danger. And you got two players, two players down in the box from the same team. It was faking injury. You you are you are expecting the ref yeah. to call it because they are faking injury. You know what makes it worse? Eddie Howe has the audacity. Listen, Eddie Howe has the audacity to come out of this is how full of crap it was. Did you actually hear what Eddie Howe said? He said, uh, was it uh Lascelles? He reckoned Lascelles was dazed and confused five minutes after the game. So hang on. <laughs> you let your player with a head injury play on. So it is further. Hang on. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I'm trying to explain. Yeah. So you let your player with a head injury play on for another 70 minutes. You were so yeah. concerned with him at the yeah. time. But it, he it, was dazed and confused after the game. Don't give injury, me rubbish. We can't, we can't that, make assumptions. That. that is not a head injury. That is not a head injury. It's a fake car. load of crap. Whatever you, if you, our opinions can be fake, whatever. But as a referee, you can't make those assumptions to say that. But is the ref didn't make an assumption. He saw what he saw, and it was a lie. And he called it out, and he won. It was the look, right decision. Look, at the end of the, the right day, decision. Newcastle actually putting in a complaint about the referee. A so complaint. they should. They should put in a complaint about how shit they were in the day and deserve to lose that game. That you have two players centre back diving in the middle of the park, no, and they should be up defending. I, I, if that I man was up, that he heads the ball. I think there's a little ah, bit of rose tinted glasses here, Connor. Because now, no, got... no, I said it. I said the same thing for your game where Arsenal scored. That's a that's a legitimate goal. Yeah, David De Gea got stood on by Fred. I never complained. That game should not I, I have been stopped. But that. there were plenty that did. It. But this is an uh, an apparent head injury. The ref's got a apparent, except especially when the ball is going away from danger. The ball's already going away from danger. It's not stopping the stopping. A so you want you want you want the you you are basically saying that you want people or refs to stop the game for people faking faking head injuries. Now, when it comes to head injuries, bro, you got to take. It was not a head injury. It was not a head injury. It was not a head injury. Whatever it was. So it must be a fa- so people can fake and dive. Is so, what you're so, saying. But, 
in in that view, if I'm looking at it, I can't see that that's a fake. When you see the re- <laughs> when you see the replay, and you see the slow motion. Maybe you can see, but when I was looking at that, that that was that was a head injury, which is why the ref needs to be, which is follow. why the ref needs to be applauded for making the correct decision. No. We are no, so no. harsh on refs. We are so harsh on no, refs. I think this we is rose tinted get... glasses coming towards a Liverpool player, a Liverpool supporter saying rubbish. No, no, shit. no. no. I'll, Bro, let's put this up on the, what, what the football page. Have a look at the incidents and let, let people decide what they think. Honest Very opinions, controversial. Honest opinions. Why did well, we haven't even be because the two of us arguing? Yeah, and I'd say <laughs> I'd say it's tinted glasses because you're a Man United supporter. Oh, Wait, what did you? Oh, you know, we're going back to the previous week. Yeah, surely. I mean, to me, I see that as a ref actually making the right decision for once. The same in the Arsenal game. If you're going to stop yeah. the game there with David De Gea rolling on the floor, what's the difference? Are we now going to condone faking of injuries to stop the game? Yeah. Because that was a faking of a head injury to stop the game. That's what it was. Again, like it, it, this just speaks to the inconsistency because you've seen times where players have gone down holding their head and the, le- the ref lets the game go on, right? And then there's other times where that will happen and the ref will blow straight away. So it's got to be one or the other. Right, it's got to be one or the other. But then, it does uh, speak to your point there, what you were saying, Connell. Where, how do we know when a, a player is faking it or not? Because players can then always go down if it's a dangerous situation and, and hold their the head. Play. Yeah, and then it, it'll be stopped straight away. So I don't know how you get around this one because, on the other hand, let's say the ref doesn't stop it; he lets it go on. And one of the guys is concussed. Yeah. Yes. Right? Then what do you do? You know stands, what I mean? Yeah. That Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's it's a tough one. I don't know how you get around this because you're not going to – players are going to make the most of it. They'll get hit in the body. Correct. The head will shake and, and they they'll do go down holding the their head. Which, they do that all the but time. But this is exactly why I'm saying in this situation, know. in this situation, there is no head injury. I don't care what you tell me. The man got the head, the the head clash. There's, a, the there's, a, clash. The actually there's clash? a clash in the back. Yeah. If you watch the replay, there's a clash we'll, in the we'll back. Put it up no the so the heads didn't even make contact. contact. I think for me, because the ball is going away from danger, like it's definitely if it stayed in the box, you know, going to score. Like if it's the same phase of play, because it was going out. Yeah. But if there's no head contact, if there's no head contact. Then I don't know. It's like again, it's it's you're hey, condoning it's tough, faking you know injuries what I mean? because it's that's what you're condoning. You're saying it doesn't it's, matter. It's, it's hard, so O goes down it's, in the box there and he's lying there holding his head. Meanwhile, you watch the replay. They all got hit in the foot, and you're gonna go, oh well, yeah, that's fine. That's, yeah, no worries. It's a bit far to say you got hit in the foot. No, but players but it, do, but that, they do that. Players bro. do that. You open right. up they that do. Can of words they they, they do sense. that, bro. They'll they'll go down holding their head, even though and it's like they got the little clip on yeah. the on, on the shin. They'll go down holding their head, like so. I don't know. I don't know how you get around this one because it's it's always going to be the decision of the ref on the day, and it's like uh, I don't know. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. But if there's no head contact in this, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The players you know, are holding the other players are holding their hands up to look at the. Rest. Listen, that it's second same, player caught up after about three seconds. There's players that are taken out of the game because they're looking, trying to. Ah, rubbish. Rubbish. You rubbish. Have, have to play the whistle, bro. Play the whistle. You have to play the whistle. Play the whistle. You have to play the whistle. You you taught Shaw, that from young. Play Shaw, the whistle. You know? Shaw looked up at the moment after he realized the ref wasn't stopping the game. He got up instantly. Lascelles, mind you, if you go watch the bloody replay properly, he actually looks up. And goes, oh yeah, Liverpool are still attacking. I'm just gonna go down, yeah, and the ref will stop the game. 
bullshit. <laughs> a ref finally gets the decision right, and you uh, are asking him to condone fake uh, head injuries. I don't get it. But anyway, for I don't me, know. you can't take the chance. If a player's got down holding his head, you've got to blow the whistle. Well, you've heard it here first, guys. Rads is condoning the faking of injuries on What The Football Podcast. <laughs> but you know what? We love this show and we thank you for joining us again. Of course, it's been brilliant, but we're going to shift over now, of course, to the man himself. He gets his voice back and we can go back into trivia. In fact, he's told me he might be bringing up somebody who's had a head injury in the game. Rads, what you got to say over here, lad? It's over to you, bro. I might have get you with a small drum roll there. Right. What's the score? <laughs> 13 apiece. O'Connell is... <laughs> I thought I went ahead last week. No, no, no. You, you caught up last okay, week. Okay, okay. Before we started okay. the show last week, it was 11-13 again. Back. Then you caught up. And I didn't listen back to... You know, that that first one was pretty controversial, Paulins. It was very, was close. very I close. Thought it was, I thought we were even. Very close. I thought we were even. I, 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 but, actually, you know, I was ahead on the scoreboard, so I thought, you know what? Take it, I, I take it, Conrad's yours. You know? I actually played it in slow motion. <laughs> and it was... I'm serious. Where's bro? the audio? This is, my the v- audio? <laughs> this is my VAR, right? So now, I've been listening, I've been listening in slow motion. And that's how I used to say I'm as a VAR. Referee. I, couldn't, I couldn't call it. So, so um, because... <laughs> Because Wade has wow. um, handed it over, you see this controversy. Um, that's got to stand. So uh, you said Connell can so take not, it. So you're not rescinding it. I can't rescind it. You said that Connell can take right. it. It's okay. You can take it. So <laughs> okay, 13 yeah. apiece. 13 apiece. <laughs> All right. So hey, um, Wade, I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not a brother that says, hey, we call it even. I'm taking the point. <laughs> <laughs> so now. Um, uh, no. I'm trying to think, is this an easy one? I actually think it is an easy one. <laughs> um, but I say this every week. So I think one is more difficult than the other. Um, I think the, uh, who the heck is that in terms of talking through the player's um, history and, and and his past? I think that one you should get, but let's, let's see. Um, so fastest finger first, you know the rules. Any, uh, any... Uh, any pins? Any sort of uh, what? Current current EPL player X? Yeah, he's a current player. Current player. Current player. Okay, in, cool. In right. In the EPL. Alright, so I'm born in the Navy District of Queensland. My mother was a competitive athlete. Raheem Sterling. That's right, that's right. Ah, pissed, <laughs> oh my lord. Get in, son. That was, Get that in. was too easy. Especially when he said Kingston. Look, yeah, I thought Jamaica straight away. Leon Bailey, we've done, I think. There's a few. There's quite a few Jamaican-born players yeah. in the Premier League um, in terms of the the Black Britons. But I don't... I don't yeah, it's, I, I not, as far, not as fast as Sadio Mane, but right up there. It's up there. It's up there. We'll have to go back and review it. No, there's no review <laughs> it's on up there. One. So I don't say it's an easy one. Um, I, didn't, I, just, I just didn't think Kingston was going to be the, the seller. The giveaway. I, I thought it would be, I thought it'd be when he's, he's, he was two years old when his father died. Or his middle name is Shaquille after Shaquille O'Neal. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. Um, he... Um, had problems in school, kicked out of school, went to a special school for um, because he had behavior issues. Uh, started a QPR, I think you would have all known that. Um, yeah, I would have got yeah. that for sure. 
got a gun tattoo. I think you've all got that. Um, yeah. He's been charged for assault um, of a female twice. Both times. Oh, he, what? I don't know that. Both times he got let off. Uh, one one, one was because the the um, the lady that got assaulted couldn't put forward um, evidence, and the second time they didn't show up at court. Um, he was the golden boy, two thousand fourteen. Um, uh, look, there's a lot of things in there that may have mm. may have caught you out, but I think Kingston wasn't one of them. So good one, mate. <laughs> Shot. All right, so teammates, in the lead there, Wade. teammates, yeah, lead, uh, Wade goes back into the lead. So fourteen to thirteen. So Connolly need this one to. Uh, I want to go into Christmas on an even keel. Well, even to go into the New Year, because if if Wade takes a two point lead, then you can't you can't be in front. Um, it can be level. It can, it can, it can be, be level. level. That's as best as you can get. All right, let's go. So, like we know the rules. No international teammates. I'm going through all the all the guys I played with in my career. I've got a few again this week. Current England player, English He's not current. League, Premier League. Player. He's a retired player. Okay, thank you. All right, all right, ready? Abdullah Fay, Abel Xavier, Alan Shearer, Alan Smith, Ashley Young, Azmi Bedovic. Bruno Sheiru, Cameron. Bruno Sheiru, Lord. Cameron Jerome. Did my man? No. Celestine Babayaro. Cesar Sanchez. Charles and Zogbia. Craig Moore. Danny Guthrie. Michael Owen. It's Michael Owen. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Boom, baby! So talk us through it, Connell. Is that just a wild guess? Or... Yeah, I didn't. I definitely. I wasn't even. Uh, I was still trying to put the teams no, together. No, it wasn't a wild guess. I, I clearly picked up the Liverpool and Newcastle link. So there was Shearer, there was Sheru. Like, Sheru's only played for Liverpool. I, obviously, I don't know the French team he played for. And then you said Charles in Zogbia. Um. There was also uh, Xavier, so he's a ex Liverpool Everton. I thought of that, but then, um, yeah, and then it's just I was thinking Newcastle players straight away. So, so that was what sixteen players, only two Liverpool players I was mentioning there. Mentioned wow. in there, that's a yeah. good one, man. But I, I picked up the Newcastle link straight away, and then obviously once I linked Newcastle to Liverpool, I started thinking. That's why I said Dietmar Man, and then mm. the next one I could think of was Mike Lowen. So this is a quick uh, trivia this week. <laughs> the, the, boys are, the boys are in full flow now, huh? We've trumped the trivia master. Okay, well, I'm going to have to come back with a fire next week. Please, I'll catch you all out. Uh, well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We have finally stumped the trivia master. We finally got two answers in the quickest amount of time there, Wade. Mm. So, you know what? Yeah. Definitely. We have definitely it's about time. set the bar. It's about time. It actually is about last, time. Last week, freaking... last week, you took it right down. Sorry, I, I don't know. I was listening back to the podcast and no, wow. That, that uh, Craig Bellamy one had to put it on the plate yeah. for you. Yeah, pretty much. That was yeah, handed uh, out. But you know what? Until the answer is given, it's still a So there you go, gents. I guess heading over to our final thoughts, gents, a bit of a Bit of a tricky one. Um, 
I might give you Jamie Redknapp's final thoughts on the uh, the decision of, of VAR. We're back there, but I might give you, it might just play it since we didn't get a chance to play it earlier. What his thoughts of were of uh, So I guess final thoughts from my end, you know, you know, it's no point in choosing team of the week. I might give player of the week, actually. Um, Martinelli really stepping up and taking it. I'm going to give it to him this week. I thought he was exceptional in the previous game and he's even better in this game against Leeds. You, you want a real play there. I didn't realize he's only 20. He's been at Arsenal since he was, what, 18. Um, real bright future. And you know what? Plaudits to Arteta. You, you know, you got Odegaard chipping in with, with um, assists and goals. You got... Smith Rowe scoring scoring goals as well. You've got obviously Martinelli now stepping up, Bakir Saka um, scoring as well. So the youth at Arsenal again coming through and, and producing. So plaudits to them for doing that. I think moving into the the next week, it's going to be really interesting to see how these games unfold and whether you know the majority of them actually go ahead because it's going to come to a point where you know if United's next couple of games get called off. You're talking about nearly four to five catch-up games there, which I'm not sure where on earth you squeeze that into a season, number one. And number two, that has huge ramifications of you trying to make the top four when you think about your, you know, the Champions League coming back on, on in February. So it's going to be a really interesting week in football, gents. It's, it's going to be a really busy, festive season. I think by the time we talk again, obviously one game will be through and the next ones will pretty much be kicking off. The games come thick and fast. You know, we love it as fans, but uh, not sure if it's the right thing to do given the amount of cases that are currently existing within the uh, within the Premier League. And of course, we heard the news overnight that the Premier League has decided not to have a circuit breaker as such and call off the game between uh, Boxing Day and New Year's and they're going to push through and play. So really interesting times ahead. What, what are your thoughts, Rudds, on the, on the current situation and your final thoughts on the matter? Yeah, look, I actually think that a game's going ahead is the right decision because if you stop for 10 days um, or 20 days or five days, how does it change the situation? In 10 days' time, you'll be right back where players can still get COVID and you'll be, you know, so you've got to try and push it through. So um, I think that was the right call. I think they do need to have stricter measures around the players. I think that's what is coming um, in terms of, their movements, um, their limiting their times indoors, limiting transmission and stuff within. So, so making sure there's more protocols around there to ensure we got the the best chance of having more players fit to the game. So I, I think that's it. In terms of when do they play the games? I know there was a there is a winter break this year. Um, it was meant to be mid mid to end Jan. Um, I think it's almost two weeks or a week and a half or something. So I think you you'll find. That will be no longer. I think you'll have some games um, that will be piled in on the, uh, in that space, and they, and I think there's still enough game weeks for them to fit in one or two midweek games. Um, so I don't think it's 
it's it's too bad at this stage, given that United are what two games behind, Spurs are three games behind, and both of them are out of the League Cup as well. So, um, also depends on how far both those teams go into the FA Cup or other teams go into the FA Cup because that the FA Cup rounds provide another opportunity for those teams to play. So, um, I suppose as far as as United are concerned, I, I was thinking earlier on that United would see some pain before we see some benefits through the new manager. Um, and it's probably come at a pretty good time for us to have no games and manager to work with his squad because that was going to be a challenge for him to have so many games in such a short time without him having any time to actually work on what he's trying to do and what he wants to do. So um, as long as he's been able to train um, and he's been able to have access to players, I think it may it, it may benefit us. So when we do play... Newcastle, I think, um, is our next game on Boxing. Not even on Boxing Day. We're playing on the 28th, um, well, 28th hour time. So um, we've got a, I think we're the last game of the week so um, of that round. So there's, there's even more time to add on. So um, I just want to see us, I just want to see us play. Um, and I'm expecting to see a different United, a more organized United, a more high pressing United, a more regular United. Well, you pretty much now had a preseason given the amount of games that have been called off. As long as he could uh, train, though, that's the only. Thing. A bit of yeah, a bit of a luxury, I suppose, if if he could train and actually get his message across. And Wade, what are you, what are you making of the festive season and your final thoughts on on what's coming up over the next week? Obviously, League Cup action and uh, the Premier League. Yeah, well, it looks like our um, League Cup game is still on tomorrow. Um, my final thoughts are: I just hope that we can we can get through. Um, as many games as possible. Um, probably like you guys, it's a bit of a tradition over Christmas to, you know, stay up and watch the football. Uh, you know, it's, you know, get a break from work. You can stay up a bit later. You can wake up for these games. So, you know, you generally watch quite a bit of football um, just traditionally over this period. So I'm hoping we can get through it. I, I definitely agree with um, with Rads. I don't think um, the circuit breaker idea really deals with the problem. It just prolongs it. Or pushes it out, um, you know, that the situation is not going to improve in 10 days' time. So I think the right call was made for sure. Um, look, I don't know if the Premier League have come out and, and said anything about how they're going to approach this moving forward because I know, you know, something we spoke about was the fact that they're calling off some games and other games are not getting called off. So I, I have they that. have come out with something. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what's of happening? Course, of course, he has an answer. just clarified what the, what the mechanics is. So there's yeah. just certain issues with confidentiality in terms of who may or may not have COVID and who may or may not mm. be vaccinated because the vaccination issue means players may need to quarantine or not. Mm. Um, however... What it comes down to is whether the club can field thirteen players. That's the that's the number. So and and so, wow. so it does mean they take into consideration um, injuries, not just COVID. Um, also takes into consideration goalkeepers. So if you have got three goalkeepers and they're all out, yeah. injuries are COVID, the game will get called off. Um, so they've just tr- given that transparency. They're not going to give individual cases in terms of exactly what's that's happened good. at United. Yeah. Or exactly who, what's happened at, at Brighton or whatever, but they're just making sure that you understand if you've got 13, and, and within that 13, it includes anyone from the under 21s who has mm. either sat on the bench or been involved in the senior team before. So if they've had no, ex- okay. 
no exposure, have never played a game or never been in, involved, then they can't be in they the third count. team. But if they yeah. have been okay. in the squad, then they then they can be in the third team. Well, that's good because I think, um, you know, when we were talking about this o- offline, obviously we had quite a big conversation about it. I think that was the point that I was trying to get at. There needs to be some sort of clarity. I mean, you put a, a number on it. It's not going to suit everyone. Of course, if you don't have a strong squad and the majority of your first team is out, it's just unfortunate. It's luck of the draw. You know what I mean? But the show has to go on. So um, I'm glad they put that in place now. So look, hopefully we can get through as many games as possible because it is a, it is always a fun time. You know, you have a break from work. You want to chill out and watch the football. So I'm just hoping that hoping that these games do get on, um, you know, without too many hassles. Um, and yeah, we just kick on. We're on a good run now from an Arsenal perspective. So I definitely want the games to keep coming in. We go to Carroll Road next. Then we play Wolves, and then we got a couple of big fixtures early next year. So, um, yeah, let the show go on, really. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first on What The Football Podcast. It has been a pleasure bringing you another cracking episode before the busy Christmas season hits us in full tilt. Of course, it's always been a pleasure with myself, your host, Conway T., and of course, my co-hosts Rudds and Wade, bringing you the latest in the Premier League action from over the weekend. We're hoping for a bit more football this week as we enter, of course, the League Cup and a plethora of Premier League games. Until next week, we hope you have a safe and wonderful Christmas and we'll talk to you on the other side when the football resumes. Remember to catch us on Podbean and Apple and, of course, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at all, all our socials at WhatTheFootballPod. Until then, have a great Christmas and see you on the other side. Actually, we stopped this one here for a special song just for Riyadh. Merry Christmas, everybody. Oh, one for Christmas. United to play a game. (laughs) Merry Christmas, everybody. That damn song.